0: Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. Hey, what's up, Path to Freedom, and thank you for dropping in to another episode. This is episode 130. Today, my guest is Jeremy Dyer. Jeremy, someone that I've really enjoyed getting to know a little bit over the last month or two. Uh, Got introduced to him through FranChoice, the consulting network that I'm a part of. Jeremy is the founder of Starting Point Capital, where he specializes in real estate investments, primarily focused on multifamily housing. So, you know, this is really a real estate syndication, which is something that, you know, I've I would say dabbled in a little bit over the last couple of years meaning I've been trying to better educate myself. I've even had a couple of other guests on the podcast previously that, you know, do similar types of real estate investing. However, what I've always run into is the fact that, you know, there's just a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of people, you know, out there kind of claiming to do the same things and so I got introduced to Jeremy know was on a webinar that he led a couple of weeks ago and you know was really impressed by you know not only his knowledge but his ability to really communicate in a clear way you know how he and his partners or sponsors were set up how they were differentiated and what their strategy was to you know do everything in their power to make sure that their investors got uh, a strong return so to me there were some clear differentiators between jeremy's approach and other syndicators that i've seen out there um also you know some people that i know and and trust very well have invested with jeremy uh through starting point capital and have gotten great results so the other thing I, i found really interesting was the fact that you know jeremy talks in this episode about the fact that you know earlier 2000s he and his wife had a fix and flip business and you know, that went well for a while, but they kind of got to this point that a lot of business owners get to where they just run out of time. They don't have any more time to trade. And that's where he really made the shift to investing in multifamily real estate, you know, a much more passive type of investment. And and I think that's something that any entrepreneur, any business owner, should be thinking about whether you're at that point already where you don't really have any more time to trade or you know if you're just getting started in your business ownership journey at some point you're going to reach you know your maximum bandwidth and you know hopefully if your business has gone well you're going to have more resources than you have time so that's where you know something like multifamily real estate investments can really, you know, be a nice thing to to kind of redirect to um more passive income a business is is never going to be entirely passive. So, um really interesting uh interview. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh Jeremy's fantastic. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and drop in with Jeremy Dyer of Starting Point Capital. <laughs> Jeremy, thanks so much for joining.
1: Yeah, Wes, thanks for having me on. And you're exactly right. I think we met each other about four four or five weeks ago now. I feel like I've known you for a long time, though, because you're you're kind of slowly becoming the king of franchising. Um, <laughs> your face, your face is all over social media. So thank you for the great content that you're bringing to people. Yeah,
0: thanks, man. It's it's a lot of fun, and and uh, you know, king of franchising. That's uh, that's a big title to fill. There's a lot of uh, people out there that that I've learned from over the years that probably deserve that title better than I do. But um, yeah, I, I enjoy you know trying to put information out, help people understand franchising. And, um, you know, I I just put out a podcast this week that, you know, really kind of emphasized a a point that I try to articulate to people all the time, which is, you know, franchise ownership is great. It can certainly be a vehicle to helping people, you know, take more control of their lives and and ultimately create more freedom for themselves. But it's not a passive investment. You know, there's different ways that you can get into franchise ownership. And there's some business models within franchising that are going to, you know, maybe require a little less time from the franchise owner than others, but it's it's not a passive investment. And so I think, you know, for anyone to ultimately achieve freedom and, and you know, I think freedom means different things to different people, but usually it, it heavily involves, you know, really having control of, of their time but also having the financial resources to live the type of life that they want, you know, there, there's got to be more to their their financial strategy, and and I think that's where someone like you really comes in. So, you know, personally, I'm I'm fascinated with what you're doing. I'm trying to better educate myself on different types of passive income opportunities. So uh, again, thrilled to have you here because because I know that you know there's a lot I can personally learn from you but uh, same goes for the audience. So tell us a little bit about you know what you do at starting point Capital and the type of passive income that that you're able to help people create.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate that. Uh, that was a great uh, kind of overview and great, great segue. So uh, I am a very big fan of franchising, so I'll get that out there right out in the open. Um, I've owned a couple of different businesses myself, uh, both of which I've exited out of, um, so can absolutely appreciate, you know, uh Busy professionals, higher income individuals, you know, individuals that are looking to, you know, kind of replace their dependence on the W two, so to speak, and get into active small business ownership. Because I too was there myself. Yeah. Uh, one example of that being um, an active fix and flip business that my wife and I started back in 2012, uh, purely out of our love for real estate. Really. Yeah. So yeah. neither neither one of us are real estate agents, but we yep. were going out. And we were buying single family homes with the goal of fixing and flipping them and trying to turn turn a nice profit. Uh, we started doing that in 2012. Things started get started started getting very competitive in that space. So competitive to the point in which we were putting in hundreds of offers on houses only to hopefully get one under contract. Wow. Second to that, um, we also doubled down on children and went from (laughs) two kids to four kids. And for your listening audience who has uh, children um, as they start to get older, they demand more and more time, um, especially windshield time. So we found ourselves you know, driving all over the place to their various activities. And it just got to the point where the active side of that business, we were no longer going to be able to support a proper work-life balance. So we made that decision in 2015 to exit our active fix and flip business and instead, we started to invest passively into mm. what I call real estate syndications. Yep. Back in 2015, I didn't even know what the word syndication meant, right? <laughs> it was all new to me. Yeah. I used the I used the investing in real estate shotgun approach. <laughs> uh, held my breath, plugged my nose, sent my wire transfer in, and just kind of, you know, did the whole, you know, uh, Hail Mary type thing. yeah, and, and it paid off in a big way. And you know, fast forward to, you know, just a couple of years ago, um, my wife and I are passive investors in twenty five uh, real estate syndications, most wow. of which are in the multifamily space. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years ago, purely out of our passion for wanting to educate others about the benefits of passive real estate investing, uh, we formed a company called Starting Point Capital. And starting point capital exists primarily for two reasons. Number one is to educate busy working professionals on the benefits of passive real estate investing. And number two, to bring solid investment opportunities to those investors that we have engaged into a meaningful relationship with.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating. Um, and and we're gonna get into a lot more detail on you know exactly how you're able to help people through starting point capital but you know i'm I'm interested in a little bit of the the learning experience that you went through from you know the time you exited the the fix and flip business um started you know looking to invest more passively because i think you know when when people start looking at these real estate syndications i know this has at least been been my experience it just—it seems like there's a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of people doing it, or I, you know, I guess even claiming to do it. So, you know, where did you start? And you know, what are maybe some of the things that you've learned over the years that you know, looking back on it, you know, you would say, "Hey, I would have done this differently had I known better."
1: Yeah, uh, uh, great question. You know, I would—I wouldn't change the fact that we were. Active business owners. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would not have changed that because it allowed me to really truly learn about real estate. Uh sure. it allowed me to learn about the underwriting process and how to, you know, force the, the the net operating income to you know decrease expenses, to bring you know an improved asset to market. You know, it taught me about relationships with with banks and lenders and brokers and those types of things. So I wouldn't necessarily change that, but the genesis of the question really comes back to something that you brought up earlier, and that is this notion of time freedom, okay? Yeah. That was really the major defining reason why we chose to transition from active swinging hammers and dealing with tenants, trash, toilets, and termites to instead taking that same capital and investing that capital with a trusted sponsor or syndication team that we trusted would be able to put our investment money to good use to produce consistent cash flow and returns to the tune of very similar returns that we were getting on the active side it's just now we were doing it passively so I would say the time freedom was a huge one. You know, when you go from two kids to four kids, okay. All right. That's double, that's double the trouble or a two the trouble.
0: three kicked our ass. So <laughs> I, I can't even imagine four. Um it. I, I can't imagine it. It just, uh, it, it just scares me. <laughs>
1: yeah. And so everybody has their why, you know, that was yeah. our primary why we, we just, we just ran out of disposable time right yeah. we didn't we didn't have any bandwidth in order to be able to scale that business because that business was at a place where you know for your franchise audience maybe listening to this you know we, when they have location number 1 up and running and they're starting to think about scaling to location 2 and location 3 that's really where my wife and I were at at that time you know we had a few you know properties that we were Fixing and flipping and managing, but to really scale it to that next level, it was going to require a much larger, um, not monetary investment, but a much larger uh, time investment.
0: Right, and I think that's a pretty pretty normal trajectory, right? for For a lot of people, is you know, early on they have more time and and they don't have as much financial resources, and and I think that's where you know owning a business can can really be a key part of the strategy for someone you know if you're willing to really work hard and build a business i think in a lot of cases it's reasonable to expect that over time that business can generate you know more income than a lot of times you could expect in a w2 position um giving you more financial resources but at some point you know, with businesses, you're gonna you're gonna get to that point where you just don't have any any more time. I mean, my wife and I were in our late 20s when we started our first franchise. We didn't have you know a whole lot of financial resources. We we certainly didn't really have any business at that point in time. Looking at different passive uh, income opportunities. So starting a business was great because it very quickly got us to a point where not only did we have more control of our time, you know, we were working hard, putting a lot of time in, but, you know, we got to, to kind of control what that looked like versus someone else. So that was great because we were just starting to have a family, um, but it very quickly got to the point where the income was exceeding, you know, what we were making as corporate employees. And then we got into a second business, which was also good. And then I started my consulting business. So now all of a sudden we've got three businesses and then, you know, three kids and, and we're just at the point now where there's no more bandwidth, right? Like we we need to simplify as it is, but we've got some resources now that, that we didn't have back then. So now is really the time, you know, for us to start shifting our focus to, okay, how can we put this money to work for us in a smart way. And I I think, you know, more and more people are realizing that the, the, you know, investment strategies, most of us were taught growing up, put your money into a retirement account, you know, put your money into the stock market and, and, you know, kind of hope for the best. I think a lot of people are finally realizing that there's a lot of other ways, you know, to go about making your money work for you. And, um, so that's that's why you know I I love what you're doing and the types of opportunities that that you're bringing to people. So for those that that are maybe not familiar with what a real estate syndication is, maybe give a quick overview of that, and then you know how does that tie into what Starting Point Capital is doing?
1: Yeah, it's a great great question, and thank you. So. Um, Real estate syndications are basically nothing other than group investing. Okay, It's where a group of investors are able to come together, pool their capital together and deploy that capital into a real estate opportunity. And it doesn't necessarily have to be real estate. I mean, you can syndicate all kinds of different things, right? Um, Mostly what Starting Point Capital is laser focused on is the multifamily space. But as an investor myself, I am invested um, as a limited partner in other asset classes like assisted living, self-storage, RV parks and marinas. Um, and uh, you know, there's a lot of different asset classes that people can invest into, but real estate syndication, on the from a high level, is basically just group investing. So what we're really looking to do is find good operators that are in excellent markets that have exceptional track records, um, and partner with those operators when they get to the point in which they have a new opportunity under contract. Most of our operators focus on the multifamily space where the properties were built primarily in the 1980s, 1990s. Mm-hmm. All the interior units are all classic in nature, which means that they were built 40 years ago. They all had, you know, for Mike, they all currently have formica countertops, you know, yeah. white appliances, old flooring. Maybe the pool's been de- decommissioned, right? So we're really looking to provide value into those properties. To burn off what we call loss to lease. Uh, once we're able to do that and execute that renovation effort on a large scale, you know, typically 200 plus units in most of the communities that we invest into, we're obviously looking to exit. So we typically try to uh, invest into opportunities where we can accelerate uh, our investment as quickly as possible. Um, and we typically try to invest into opportunities where that projected hold period of the investment is anywhere from 3 to 5 years
0: okay so so and when you say multifamily it's it's primarily apartment complexes right so you're you're going out or and you have partners that are going out and finding these opportunities to to buy an apartment complex that you know is is ready to be upgraded and kind of you know bring it up to you know more modern living standards i guess would would be one way to put it and, and through this syndication, you know, someone who has some capital, but not enough capital to go out and, and buy an apartment complex entirely on their own, they can get in on this. And and usually it's a two to five year kind of timeline before they can expect to, to really see a return on that investment. Um, is there any, any cash flow opportunity on the investment in the, the holding time?
1: Yeah, great question. So two things. Uh, one thing that you brought up earlier uh, was this idea of leverage. Okay, leveraging mm-hmm. other people's time—that is huge. Uh, we didn't yes. come back to that, but you know, when you're when you're an active small business owner or you are actively in real estate, you are you have no leverage. It's your time. Okay. Yep. Whereas in passive real estate investing, we're really leveraging the operator's time. And we're merely uh, a passenger on that flight, okay? We are, however, putting a lot of trust and faith and confidence in that operator's ability to execute the value-add business plan, right? So I regularly refer to the sponsor as being the jockey on the horse. We're Not not betting on the horse, we're betting on the jockey to be able to see, you know, and to be able to frankly run that race. Um to answer the second part of your question, um we we only look to invest in opportunities that that produce immediate cash flow and provide an equity upside to investors with tax benefits. So most of our investment opportunities will start to produce what are called cash-on-cash cash distributions to be paid to investors, typically within the first couple of months of us purchasing that asset. That's right. not always the case with every investment opportunity, but it's the whole risk-reward, right? Sure. Typically investments that produce a higher degree of cash-on-cash cash return to the investment or investor early in the process are typically going to have maybe a lower uh, equity multiple or a lower equity split when that deal goes full cycle. So it's really up to the investor to not only do their own due diligence on the opportunity, but really to self-assess what type of investor are you at this point in your life, right? Are you more of a cash flow investor where you need that regular uh, reoccurring you know monthly income from that investment mm-hmm. or are you more of an equity type investor where maybe you're willing to take on a little bit more risk, right when you invest into uh, syndications, but there's a greater potential of a of a higher upside at the end, you know and that investment goes full cycle
0: yeah, can you afford to wait to start really seeing the return and and in the hopes that that return is going to be larger versus, starting to see some of that return a little bit sooner. Um, with, With starting point capital, a lot of the value that you're adding to someone that's looking to invest is some of the partnerships and the relationships that you have with you know the operators and and you know kind of the boots on the ground because that that is such a key part of this and you know I'm I'm certainly not an expert but I've I've looked into you know real estate syndications in the past and where I always kind of got stuck was just the the trust part right like who is the right syndication to to partner with and to invest my money in because you know at the end of the day conceptually they're all kind of doing the same thing Right, yeah. but just like in anything, there's gonna be some people that really know how to execute, that really know how to find the the right deals, uh, and there's gonna be others that that are are not gonna execute as well If you're listening to this podcast, then there's a good chance that you're looking to create more freedom in your own life. There's also a good chance that you realize. That owning your own business can be a great way to take more control of your livelihood and create more of that freedom that we're all looking for. Also, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you realize that I specialize in franchise ownership. In addition to owning franchise businesses myself, I have a franchise consulting firm, Path to Freedom, where I help people navigate what is typically an overwhelming process of understanding franchising, identifying specific franchise companies that could be a fit. And then conducting the due diligence in a thorough and efficient manner with those franchise brands. My whole purpose here is to leverage my experience working for franchisors, owning franchises myself, and how we've been able to use that to create more freedom in our lives and help you determine if that could be a path that makes sense for you as well. So if any of this sounds interesting, if you've considered business ownership in the past, whether you've explored franchising specifically or not, I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to learn more about you and what it is that you're working towards in your life and determine if I may be in a position to help. A great starting point is the link below in the show notes, which will take you to a short form to fill out. And you'll receive a free copy of an ebook that I've put together, The Seven Steps to Freedom Through Franchise Ownership. That'll also get us connected. And I'd love to set up an introductory call where I can explain a little bit more about the process that I use to help people determine if franchise ownership could be a great way to start charting their own path to freedom. So click the link below in the show notes, receive the ebook, and let's get connected. I'd love to hear from you. Talk to us a little bit about some of those key relationships and partnerships that you have. I mean, I'll leave it to you in terms of how much detail you want to go into. But I know for me, when I got a little bit of a peek under the hood of of how you're set up and how some of your partners operate, it started to click for me and it made a lot of sense. And there were some kind of key differentiators from what I'd seen and some of the other syndications out there that I'd looked into.
1: Yeah, no, that's a fair question, and and to be honest with you, that is the most important question. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, um, and that is the track record of the sponsor, right? So we align ourselves with with what I would refer to as uh, excellence, excellent sponsors. Okay, there there's the the good ones, there's the great ones, and then there's the ones that have kind of achieved that level of excellence, and really, it's important for people to understand that not all sponsors are equal. You have sponsors or syndication teams in the space right now where maybe it's a team of two, okay? Maybe it's a team of 10, or maybe it's a team of 250. They're in multiple markets. They're vertically integrated on the property management side, on the building construction side. These things are all incredibly important for investors to understand. I would personally never invest with a sponsor that just got into the space two years ago, and it's a couple of guys in a truck, right? Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust that that sponsor team is going to be able to execute a value add business plan if they've never done it before, right? Yeah. So I want to know about the track record. I also want to know that that sponsor has an a, a, an adequate amount of skin in the game. What I mean by that is, I want sponsors that I'm raising capital for and that I'm investing my own money with. I want to know that they're putting at least five to 7% of their own money into the investment opportunity, right? That shows me that there's a true alignment of interest there. Um, I also want to know about times where the sponsor has gone through adversity right did they go through the global financial crisis in 2008 and 2009 how did they fare during covid you know how are they faring you know during times of maybe low occupancy okay or maybe natural disasters so i really want the sponsor to unpack you know some of the times where they've really kind of fallen down and what they've done to, to get back up. Because one thing that's true about real estate, whether it's on the single family side or multifamily side, stuff is always going wrong. Nothing ever goes exactly as planned because yeah. it's real estate, right?
0: Yeah, and totally. Totally. So-
1: Yeah. So thank you. That was a great question.
0: Yeah. Cause I mean, there's, there's a lot to, to actually execute one of these, right? I mean, there's, there's some complexity to it where you need someone that really understands what that process should look like. I mean, I know just from sitting in on a webinar that you put together a few weeks ago, you know, some of your partners are, you know, like you said, vertically integrated, meaning they employ the people that are coming in and actually doing the work, you know, on one of these apartment buildings to upfit the units. But it's not like you buy the place, you kick everyone out, and you redo everything at once, you've got to be strategic and kind of do it in phases so that you're maintaining some level of cash flow. So there's there's managing all of that, to your point, you know, when you're doing any sort of construction or remodeling, the only guarantee is that something's going to go wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and usually it's more than just, you know, one thing. So, yeah, you really want strong operators. I mean, I think the other big piece here, too, is just, you know, people that know how to go out and find the right types of deals and have the relationships in place to find the right types of deals, because it's not like, you know, you guys are going to to Zillow or some online marketplace. Oh, there's an apartment building for sale. Let's look into that one. Maybe maybe we make an offer on that. The the types of deals that that are going to be attractive for for you and your uh, partners or the sponsors that you're working with, they're probably never hitting the open market, right? So, how important are some of those relationships, just in in the sense of being able to find the right types of opportunities?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question too, and it really this is a very much a team sport. It's a relationship business, and to your point, you know there are only certain operators out there today that can provide the seller with an assurance of close, and that's a really big thing as well. So we certainly do, you know, have opportunities where they've been sourced off market. We do have opportunities, you know, where the broker that hears of a property. About ready to be marketed, really only brings it to one sponsor. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. Or you because at least that,
0: get a heads up that hey, this this is coming to market, and and you get to kind of take a look at it before there's a feeding frenzy.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And right now, in the current you know environment in real estate, there's really not much of a feeding frenzy. Okay, buying is down, uh, depending upon the market, anywhere from seventy to eighty percent. So there's just not a lot of opportunity, you know, available in the multifamily space right now, just because transaction volume um, has largely dipped. A lot of people are wanting to sit on their low fixed interest rate loans, uh, or perhaps maybe they uh, aren't looking to, you know, sell a property and give the next buyer a twenty percent discount. So you know there's all kinds of factors that are going on in real estate right now but um yeah that's a, a that's a good point that it's absolutely a relationship business and it's very much you know who you know and having a a sponsor or a syndication team that's well capitalized you know that has those broker relationships you know intact is incredibly important uh to the older, overall you know health and well-being of the investment
0: and and so really all of these relationships um all of this kind of strategy know-how ability to execute that's a lot of what you're bringing to the table for for the people that you work with right as you've gone out you've developed these relationships with you know sponsors that have a proven track record of of executing and uh you know generating the type of returns that they expect to um versus, you know, someone like myself who's who's not experienced in this yet, having to go out and try to figure it all out on my own and then the value that you're bringing to the sponsors is you're you're helping to raise capital for for the funds that they're raising to go out and and do these deals. Is that is that an accurate kind of way of describing the the relationship or the ecosystem that that exists here?
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, you can think of it like um, you know, it's very much a networking play, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, I encourage all investors to do their own due diligence, right? You want to do do your own due diligence on sponsors that I raise for or sponsors I don't raise for by all means, please, you know, trust, but verify, right? But in, in most cases, you know, our investors are really, you know, leveraging our expertise you know us knowing who are the you know a players in the space right now um that have the track record that have the relationships intact you know they've largely been a rinse and repeat operator they've you know not only hit projected returns for investors but they've exceeded them right yeah. and they're fully transparent i think communication from the operator is incredibly important i will tell people i would rather put my own personal money with an operator that's providing me transparent monthly updates on how the uh, business plan or the execution of that business plan is going mm-hmm. versus chasing you know a higher irr from another sponsor because they put out a glossy pitch deck. That makes yeah. sense.
0: Yeah, it makes total sense. Very similar to what I do with with my franchise consulting, right? I work with 250 brands out of thousands, right? But these are very high quality brands that have been vetted very thoroughly. But that doesn't mean everyone I work with, A, needs to invest in a franchise or you know b needs to invest in one of the franchises i work with there's some really great franchises out there that i just don't have a relationship with there's also some really crappy franchises out there that i don't work with and and you know for that reason but it's not my role to make decisions for for people whether they should invest in a franchise which franchise they need to go do the due diligence themselves what i bring to the table is some established relationships that you know i feel really good about and i can help point people in the right direction but at the end of the day they've got to do the research they've got to make decisions for themselves so i think there's some interesting parallels there in terms of you know your role starting point capital's role and all of it so i'm i'm you know thinking of, of you know the listener out there that's that's intrigued by this and and maybe wondering when is the right time to start you know really looking at, at these types of investments. So I imagine some common questions are how much capital are we talking about? Like what what's kind of the minimum amount of capital that someone would need to to be able to invest in something like this and, and also to the extent that you're able or, or comfortable, you know, what types of returns are possible? I mean, this is investing. This is business. There's no guarantees. Nobody has any crystal balls. But, you know, it, it does seem like through, you know, a lot of analysis, you guys are able to 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 project, you know, certain ranges of returns that, that you're at least shooting for for your investors. So, you know, what would someone need to have on hand to to think about doing this and and what type of you know ROI potential is there to to be had
1: yeah thank you that's a great question and thank you for the the crystal ball disclaimer
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i have to use it all the time on on this podcast um yeah no, it, it's so true.
1: And and nobody really has a crystal ball, right? I don't know what, you know, exit cap rates are going to look like in five years from now. You know, I don't, nobody really, even the experts don't even get it right. You know what yeah. I mean? So oh, yeah. it's important just to understand, you know, that from an investor perspective that nobody has a crystal ball. And obviously I mentioned it earlier, trust, but verify, do your own due diligence. You know, you've got to assess what type of, you know, risk you're willing to take as, as an investor, But one of the things that I personally really like about the multifamily space is that if you look at the risk return profile of multifamily investing and stack it up against any other investment, okay, that could be anything from stocks, bonds, mutual funds, cryptocurrency, you name it, okay, sticking your cash under the mattress at home um multifamily has the highest return and the lowest risk out of any other investment vehicle that exists over a 50 to 100 year period again you know obviously fact check me on that but you know that is yeah. uh, that's why i'm in i'm in that in, in that asset class but Um, I really appreciate the, the question uh, about diversification. Okay. I think the right type of investor to invest into a multifamily real estate syndication or with starting point capital is an investor that is looking and seeking diversification. Okay. I got into real estate in 2012 because I had maxed out my 401k for a decade you know i was trying to find the next tesla amazon facebook stock you know i was winning 1 out of 10 times and losing 9 out of 10 times right mm-hmm. so yeah. i was really looking for that diversification play into something that's a hard asset that meets the needs of all human beings and that is we all have to play, have a place to live right yeah. And it's not, it's not one of those emotional investments. Okay. It's not one of those investments that you can just hit the refresh button and you can see the value of your investment going up and down. Real estate moves very slowly. Okay. Yeah. yeah, It's not a get rich quick scheme. It's certainly a get rich slow investment strategy, but um, it does take, you know, five, 10, 20 years um, in some cases uh, to, you know, really hit a home run typical investments that we look to uh, bring to our investor network from a return perspective are typically going to be in that 16% internal rate of return or IRR range, um, which is usually an annual rate of return of around 20%. Mm -hmm. And then we really try to target a 2x equity multiple on investors' capital. So we typically are shooting to double the investor's money within anywhere from a three to five year uh, projected hold period. And then our goal is to help that investor execute what's called a 1031 exchange into the next real estate investment opportunity so they can avoid having to pay taxes on those gains. We also perform what's called a cost segregation study on all of our investment opportunities so that we can produce as much passive depreciation loss activity as we can, which is just merely a paper loss to the investor so that that can lower any potential tax consequences that they would see as a direct result of the distributions that they're receiving on that investment as well as the equity equity profit that they receive at the end at the time of disposition.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great point that I'm glad you brought up and I'm sure we could do an entire separate podcast just on some of the the tax benefits that if you're if you're strategic you can benefit from with with these types of investments and and I think diversification is key right? I mean, you know, there's very rarely any instance where it makes sense to have all of your eggs in, in one basket. Um, but, but I think especially for, for high income individuals that, you know, kind of like you have, have maxed out retirement funds and are looking for a way to diversify. This can also be a good way to, you know, offset some, some taxable income. Yeah,
1: that's right. And you had uh, mentioned earlier or had asked about minimum investment. So, Uh, there are opportunities to invest into real estate um, at a lower minimum. Uh, our minimum is fifty thousand per investment, right. but right. there are other ways through publicly traded REITs and some crowdfunding type opportunities for investors that are not able to meet, you know, what our minimum is. But for those investors that are able to meet our minimum investment, um, metric on a per deal basis. I am also a huge fan of diversification in real estate. So we often have investors that come to us and say Jeremy, I've got this you know stagnant half a million dollar you know IRA that's doing nothing for me. Can I use the money in that IRA to self-direct into one of your real estate you know deals? The answer is yes. Okay, wow. but I don't want them to put all of it into one opportunity. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. would encourage them to, you know, invest say five hundred thousand dollars in multiple investment opportunities you know as they become available again i'm a huge fan of diversification and it's amazing what happens when you stack investment opportunities on top of one another when it comes time for some of these deals to go full cycle the compounding effect of investing in real estate is is absolutely incredible
0: yeah i mean run run that scenario you know 500k across five different investments you know if they come anywhere close to you know what what's typically being projected you know once it's all said and done compared to just leaving that 500k in in an ira or whatever it's it's massively different um that's right that's that's a really kind of exciting scenario to to think through so um you know, I I could sit here and ask you questions about this stuff all day. There's there's clearly a lot, you know, to understand uh, with any type of investment before you you know actually deploy any capital. Uh, you're clearly a, a phenomenal resource when it comes to all of this. Um, I know that you also put a lot of great information out there. Uh, you've got a website that's got ton of free resources on it. Uh, you you do a podcast as well, which which I want to make sure we tell people what the podcast is, where to find it. But w- what would you suggest for for someone that's, again, sitting here listening to this, this has piqued their interest. Um, they they feel like they're in a position or nearing a position to really start seriously thinking about these types of investments. Where's a good starting point for them to go? You know, and and continue to educate themselves, and and start working towards being ready to actually make uh, an investment into multifamily.
1: Yeah, and thank you for highlighting the name of our business, Starting Point. I okay. realized
0: after I said that I, I didn't even plan that, although I should have just taken credit for it.
1: Yeah, so we paid big money for that name. No. So starting point, uh, there's three things. All right. I would highly encourage your listening audience to head over to startingpointcapital.com. Again, startingpointcapital.com. We have a free uh, passive investing guide or ebook um, available. We've got a great blog section out there with frequently asked investor questions. Mm -hmm. Um, They can learn more about past deals that we've raised investor capital on. Um, The second thing that I'd encourage your listening audience to do is read a book. Okay. I'm a huge fan of a book by the name of a hands-off investor. The author's name is Brian Burke, Uh, Burke with an E on the end. Um, I like you could have this conversation for the next 15 hours straight But I would highly recommend people pick up a copy of that book. It is available on Audible. So if you're an ADD person like myself and you'd rather listen to the book (laughs) versus read the pages, uh, you can probably crank it out in uh, eight hours at one and a half speed. The last recommendation, yeah, the last recommendation is please uh, do give me a follow, give me a listen. Uh, We did launch a podcast called The Freedom Point real estate podcast which was launched about 3 weeks ago and we're producing 3 episodes per week uh so we certainly welcome your audience uh, uh check us out at the freedom point
0: awesome we will link all of that in the show notes to make it easy for people to find the website um I definitely encourage people go download the um the the ebook that he's got or the the guide that's up on his website i've taken a look through that a lot of good information on there um we'll link the book and the podcast as well but um yeah tons of of good information out there free resources that that you guys are providing what should someone do if they're ready to really have a conversation about you know investing with starting point capital what are what are the steps that they should take
1: yeah, certainly head over to my website. Uh, there's a calendar, Calendly link at the bottom of the homepage. Uh, certainly go ahead and feel free to pick a time on my calendar, set up a call, and look forward to learning more about your uh, audiences, uh, you know, goals and what they're kind of looking to 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 get into or out of, and happy to consult and make any suggestions or recommendations for them that I feel is appropriate based on uh, where they are currently in, in in their life journey.
0: Awesome, Jeremy, great stuff. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing. Thank you for being here on the podcast, but really a huge fan of, you know, all the education that you're doing and and helping people, you know, work towards creating true freedom for themselves. Um, uh, I'm a big fan, so thanks a lot. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. So you'll know when a new episode is released. You can also check me out on my website at www.path2frdm.com. And if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello, feel free to contact me at Wes at number 2 frdmcom Thanks again. Now go drop in we